we're joined by Tiffany Berry, one of Cheetah Digital's very best and brightest client success directors. We're going to discuss a few ways high-end retailers can step up their digital marketing efforts. I want to start this off with being a little bit more topical. How is COVID forcing some of the changes going on within high-end retailers that aren't going to go away after everything passes? High-end retailers are being forced to rethink marketing strategies with the closing of their stores. With you know higher-end, higher price points, a lot of those brands rely on the white glove experience in their stores and digital is has maybe been more a support channel of driving customers in store to kind of experience the brand in person and touch and feel the merchandise before making the purchase and now with the absence of the ability to go into the store they're having to think about how they continue to engage their customers build relationships drive purchases just through digital channels which they just aren't accustomed to doing the high-end retailers really were gearing their whole sort of uh, setup behind making people aware of what they're doing using digital channels, but it was to push people into the physical locations to, yes, as you said, the white glove experience. Yeah, I mean, I think it varies depending on the brand, but let's say you have a, um, a high-end furniture and design brand and, you know, they're used to having customers come into their stores, look at the merchandise, work with their designers, um, almost on like a project basis. So there's, they're really reliant on that uh, experience in person driving the sale. Um, and that's kind of their sales funnel previously. And so how mm -hmm. do you shift now to still, you know, drive revenue in the absence of that? Um, how have they started to address what is a complete change to business as usual? Yeah, I think it's we're looking at it as almost a two-pronged approach. The first is really, in these times, customers are maybe wanting to buy products from your brand, but this is not the right time to transact. So how do we continue to engage that customer and remove friction from the buying process for them and help them think and plan about a future transaction. The other kind of element to consider is, you know, we still have a, a business to run and revenue that we're responsible for. So how can we maybe shift our strategy a little bit to focus on items, trying to promote items that customers are more comfortable buying online without that in-store experience. So for the first piece that I was talking about in terms of, you know, helping facilitate a future purchase at a later date, right? I think a lot of it is all around shifting the content strategy. You know, previously maybe email was almost a, like a digital version of a beautifully branded uh, catalog, mm -hmm. right? And to, spur inspiration and interest and then you go into the store and and interact and feel and touch and you know look at patterns and colors or whatnot and now so you have to think how can i still add value and create communications with my customers knowing that they're likely to purchase three or four months from now and not tomorrow 
I've seen brands getting really creative with this. I really think of it as like, how can I add value to my customer's life right now? How can I be helpful? Um, maybe it's doing some design 101 type of content, like how do you blend different patterns and colors or, you know, thinking, helping them think about the future. And, you know, when they are ready to buy, you've been their partner yeah. in, you know, providing inspiration or, or different ideas. Um, maybe it's even something that's very branded for your, to your brand, but not at all related to your merchandise. Like maybe you create a, a, a playlist that they can listen to at home while they're quarantined or um, maybe it's care and maintenance tips for, you know, furniture that you have already purchased in the past, you know, things yep. like that. They've taken a, an approach to educate and entertain people who they know will be captive because we're all online right now more than ever because we're working from home. We still have our same interests as before. You can also think about, you know, leveraging other channels. If you, if customers are used to having a relationship with um, consultants in the store, maybe you offer virtual um, consultations uh, through FaceTime or something like that. Um, you could leverage social yeah. media channels. Um, you know, your customers are not able to go in the store and interact with you. So they might look at other digital channels as a way to interact. They might start, you know, posting to your social media channels and it's really important that you meet them there and respond and look at those channels now as if you didn't before as a, another customer service channel. That knowledge base that they have can still be utilized um, just in a, in a different way. Exactly. Uh, I love the idea of doing that sort of, yeah, the, the, the online session of reviewing something or have they, um, would this typically be through a sign up or would they be, uh, they doing like webinars or, or they have little recording? You know, I think it depends. I've seen some brands trying to do like zoom meetings. Um, that might not be like the right channel depending on your branding, especially for a luxury brand. Mm -hmm. where they're really focused on, you know, the look and feel and experience. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of consideration around that. I think brands have to maybe be open to trying things that they haven't in the past just to get creative um, in these times. But I think there is still really, they're still really mindful of making sure to stay within their brand guidelines too. You know, what are your thoughts around, we kind of talked a little bit earlier about shifting the customer's focus to kind of push that purchase into the future for things that they need more hands-on experience with, like going to the store and, and seeing those. What is your opinion on kind of pushing the strategy of future tense purchase, like getting them in that mindset right now, like kind of teasing out those things, like this is going to come to an end and here are things that we can do, like giving them ideas and kind of pushing that. I think there's a couple different ways to approach that. Um, one thing that I think would be interesting is really to spend this time trying to learn more about your customer so that when it comes time to focus more on the, um, you know, on the, on the sale and on the conversion, you can personalize their experience more. Like 
help allow, give them ways to tell themselves to tell you more about themselves, right? Whether it's interactive quizzes or polls or pushing them to a preference center, but you know, really use this time to um, get more information about them and build out their mm. rich customer profile. I think another um, approach that you could take with that would be, uh, you know, in terms of nurturing the relationship towards a future purchase would be um, pushing inspiration, right? Like think about being, becoming like the Pinterest board of your category, like allowing people, I don't, you know, if you could do virtual design online, you know, some kind of tool within your website to allow people to play with different products, product for, you know, in the instance of like a, a furniture retailer or something like that, placing products in a, in a room or um, playing with different colors or, or design elements. Um, is another good way to keep them engaged and something fun for them to do. You've never had a more captive audience in the digital space than you do right now. So um, just finding ways to capitalize on that. And I think that this will uncover some really interesting insights as well that you can kind of take with you after the situation has passed and stores start to reopen this experience will help you learn which of your customers like prefer more digital interaction versus customers that really are more apt to go into a store and have that offline interaction. And so then moving forward, you can really target your communications, like helping nurture more of an online transaction versus an offline transaction mm -hmm. based on what you learn about them during this time. Yeah, just very simply, just from a couple of those activities you have, as you brilliantly outlined, you've got a pot of people who you are in the database, but you know, they're your more, they want to go to the store, they like popping down. And then you've got another set of people who are actually open to be communicated online and served up these different experiences. And of course, until you do these things, you, you have no idea the power that you've got. And the more you can drill down and segment, more you can actually personalize and then get more in return for it. Would you like it gift wrapped? Uh, yes, all right. Lovely. Let me just pop it in the box. There. Look, could we be quite quick? Certainly, sir. Ready in the flashiest of flashes. Generally, on what Typically, these these types of brands will know of their um, customers. They'll obviously have the, uh, the transactional records, and that hence why they're in the database and they opted into the communications, of course. But um, just is it typically is, is that's really a simple starting point? Is that they're just people who are in the database? They haven't really to date done many of these interactive experiences because it, it has just followed the sort of more catalog approach to date. Um, I think in some cases that's definitely the case um it depends on how mature a brand is in terms of being able to tie back offline transactions to online activities and like figure out that attribution puzzle mm -hmm. so you know if if they have some way maybe through a loyalty program or something like that of being able to you know 
take an in-store transaction and then tie that back to the digital interactions the customers had with your brand to figure out some kind of attribution model, um, then they probably have a lot more data and a richer customer profile. But I don't, that's a, a really tricky thing to figure out. That's a hard thing to, to solve for in terms of attribution modeling. But, it, you know, it's a really good point. Like, you should be watching your metrics during this time where everything is forced to be, you know, a com an e-commerce transaction and figure out how your engagement rates are changing, your um, conversion rates are changing, and what that impact also is offline when you reopen your stores. So it's there's just a, a shift that's happening that's going to be very interesting to watch, like not only now, but then when normal operations resume. What are some of the big things that you are hoping that these brands are going to take with them from watching those metrics and, and seeing the shift in consumer behavior? I think the, the forced shift in content is going to be really critical to continue after stores reopen. Um, I, I hope that they're going to see really good results from kind of shifting the way that they're talking to customers and that they can continue to use that as a way to build brand affinity with their messaging outside of just pushing products. Like I think the the shift towards, you know, how do I help my customer? How do I add value? Like that should continue on beyond when stores reopen, because that's always going to be a, a way to engage your customers and they're always going to create that. Then you don't have to be so reliant on promotions and um, discounting or things of that nature. It can be more about uh, really personalizing the experience for them. One of the things I've been wondering is there will be a sort of almost post-traumatic stress for a lot of people, not not so dramatic, but certainly how almost do we reintegrate into the, the things that have been denied us for a while? So going into a shop with other people, yeah, eventually we'll get there, but um, I wonder how, how they'll communicate, brands like this will use their communication tools to sort of make people feel comfortable again with going in store. Will they have a challenge to to sort of coax people back in, do you feel, or, or do you reckon we'll just have a bit of memory lapse and we'll just go straight back to it? Not specific to high-end retail, but the, the question yep. remains, right? Like once things resume and go back to normal, quote unquote, are customers buying habits going to change uh, long-term? Like, will they, now they're forced to buy online and transact online. Will customers go back to wanting to shop in store or will they continue to want to transact online? Like, are those, is that like a permanent shift? And I don't that anybody knows the answer to that. I think one thing that we've seen is that not all brands are equally equipped to handle the shift to online. So some mm -hmm. customers have not had ideal online experiences with things like products being out of stock or taking a longer time to deliver things. So if they have 
been forced to transact and move to like a digital relationship with a brand and had a great experience, then maybe they'll continue. But if they've had a less than ideal experience, then they're probably more apt to like go back and want to be in store. Regardless of what the messaging is, I think one thing that all brands need to do is be ready for that shift back and be agile in the way that they can communicate and get messages out very quickly, like have templates ready to go to announce when stores open in different uh, states or whatnot, but to be able to be really quick and agile in those messaging efforts. Teeing up the, the high-end brands, the, the main event was people visiting you in store and having that whole experience, which is as soon as you walk in through those doors, right through to ultimately the end of getting home with whatever you've purchased, if you've purchased something. High-end retailers, hopefully, yes, as you said, they'll learn some lessons to to help benefit their business in a, in a rounded way. But they are, all of the um, people who are, who are selling, uh, you know, other retailers and CBG, they're the ones in the best position for that, that longing of going back to that enjoyable experience. Mm -hmm because we won't have forgotten all of that by the time it hopefully ends. Tiffany, is there a space for loyalty programs in this sort of world or is it is it not sort of doesn't really land? I think loyalty programs are more important than ever, actually. It's been interesting to see the role of loyalty as things have kind of transitioned. It Loyalty programs almost give you, like you've already got this relationship a two-way relationship with a customer when they've entered into your loyalty program. And so there's, you know, you have some additional data on these customers, you know a little bit more about their buying habits or their preferences. So you really can, you're really in a position to better personalize the experience with your brand if they're a member of your loyalty program. Um, and that it's also a time where you can be flexible in the offerings of your loyalty program. Airlines, for instance, are letting customers retain their status for the next year because they're not able to travel now and earn the same level of points as they were before. And that just get that helps with brand affinity, like you're going to remember that that brand did something special and went over and above for you. And when you go back to, to traveling again, that brand's going to be top of mind because they showed that flexibility and extended those additional benefits to their loyalty customers. So I really think like loyalty is the key right now. High end um, uh, retailers or just high end brands really they actually do have a, a huge loyalty base uh, for people who, who, uh, who just love being with them or being associated with them. But also they're in a position where they are uh, more fortunate than many others that they can offer very unique experiences or unique uh, loyalty rewards. All of COVID aside, looking at what are some of the big strategies you see coming into the rest of 2020 or 2021 that either you're starting to see emerge and, or you hope to emerge to kind of provide more value to the space. I think one interesting thing is like, this is forcing marketers to be a bit, a little bit more purposeful with their messaging. Um, you know, they're not, uh, but maybe batch and blast is 
they have to move away from that because they have to be thoughtful about how it's going to be received by their customers now. So, you know, putting more mission behind the message, if you will, and hopefully they see that that drives really good results during this time. And so that it's a strategy that they carry on. It's, it's really forcing marketers to be smarter and more creative in many different ways. So I hope that that continues. I, I've actually seen something really interesting specific to email come to light in the last couple of weeks. And that is, um, you know, some retailers that have been um, in the habit of emailing their customers very frequently, maybe every day or multiple times a day, their cadence is reduced now because they just, they don't, they don't have as much to communicate right now. And there's these, there's this interesting shift in metrics that we're seeing where they're emailing their customers less, but their, their customers are actually more engaged with the messages that they are receiving. And they're seeing lift in deliverability because their, you know, ISPs look at your engagement rate with your customers in terms of figuring out what your domain reputation is going to be. And so because your customers are engaging more, your deliverability reputation is increasing, your inbox placement rate is increasing. So more of your customers are actually getting your messages and opening your messages. So it seems a little bit counterintuitive, but brands are finding that emailing less is actually driving more results because of the, in, the uptick of the things that I just mentioned. So I think this is going to be a really interesting thing to keep an eye on and an interesting learning for these brands coming out of this, like sometimes less truly is more. And this, we now have data to support it. Do we really have to use so many musicians? For the sound I want, yes. Whatever happened to the concept of less is more? Ah, but if less is more than just think how much more and more will be. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of data sets in every industry and in every part of life that we can look into. And actually the smart, uh, the smart money will be on those who take the lessons from that. I think it's going to be really great to see those metrics and be able to hopefully test with more and more brands, kind of proving out those metrics even more and working together to make sure that we're sending those purposeful messages instead of just kind of spamming. I think I've seen retailers in the past that look at revenue per email, for example, and I think when you start looking at revenue per email, then you get in the mindset of like, I just keep emailing more, I'm going to just keep getting more revenue. But in actuality, like you're saying, you're going to be able to drive that higher when you email less. Yeah, we're just, we're playing with different levers that, you know, in the past brands have been unwilling or unable to play with, but they're being forced to do that now. So it's very interesting. So Tiffany, I was just going to hope to, to conclude actually, just sort of to tie it all together. We looked at yeah, high-end retailers and just some of these, these lessons are applicable to not just retail, but actually to other brands as well. So it's, we, we like focusing it down on the high-end retailers for the purpose of this conversation, but this is some great stuff for, for everyone listening. If you could give uh, anyone in retail or high-end retail a couple of things you wish that you could underline from this into the new world, what would they be? 
Um, I think it would be quality, the, the lessons behind quality over quantity that we're learning. Um, and then the second thing would just be, um, you know, taking these learnings and experiences and the things that you're learning about your customers during this time to enhance your digital strategy and just help it enforce your overall strategy when you resume back to normal operations with your stores being open. Like, let's continue with the things that are working really well and then just use that to support, you know, the whole kind of sales cycle with your customer or customer life cycle. Posing at the bar. Posing sitting down. Posing in the distance. Posing with my arm. Posing with my leg. Posing like a swan. Posing for a portrait. Posing a threat.